Hello and welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie. I'm the senior editor here at CX Today. And today I am joined by Nick Dixie, CPAS specialist at Avaya UK and Ireland. How are you doing? Nick, it's great to have you join us. How are you doing today? Hi, Charlie. I'm very well, thank you. And thanks for uh, inviting me along today. Yeah, it's really great to uh, talk to you and to discuss virtual agents. I mean, this is kind of a really evolving topic uh, within the CX space. It's, it's great to hear your thoughts on it. But I think the first place I really want to begin is with some research that I found kind of before this um, conversation that dates back to February 2019. And it's uh, from Forrester and it states that 54% of US online consumers believe that interacting with a chatbot will have a negative um, impact on their overall quality of life. Um, this research is now obviously a little bit dated and has kind of wanted to put to you kind of what earned virtual agents that sort of reputation and why is the situation better now? Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting point. I mean, I think a lot of it in, in the beginning, typically that many virtual agents um, as such were poorly conceived and implemented, um, almost like an unintelligent IVR capability. Um, and I think ultimately without understanding what the business outcomes were needed to, to, to be delivered on, um, not using the right integration capability or, or even having the ability to, to leverage um, the AI better so that you used you know, the intents and access to the knowledge that were going to deliver those right outcomes, I think made the experience really frustrating for a lot of customers and customers ended up speaking to ultimately to, to an agent anyway. So going beyond the virtual agent, speaking to an agent anyway, with that frustration and that poor experience that they would then obviously, um, you know, tell the poor agent about because they've been frustrated with what should have been a, a seamless um, experience and an intuitive experience being ill-conceived and I think just poorly implemented, I think that's driven a lot of frustration. Um, so I think what a lot of organizations then looked at doing was to simplifying that, not to overcomplicate um, the virtual agent, actually simplify it and look at, you know, understand what the outcomes were that you wanted that virtual agent to, to, to deliver to your customers. Mm. Yeah, I think there's lots of interesting points. I mean, first and foremostly, of course, um, as you mentioned at the start of that, technology has kind of improved. Maybe, well, maybe even further back than 2019, there was just kind of a bit of natural language uh, understanding and then a lot of script-based models. But now kind of um, solutions like the Avaya solution are much more sophisticated with that than that using kind of natural language processing and machine learning. But then also how the, um, how the kind of thought leadership around virtual agents, as you also um, discussed, has improved. is becoming quite interesting um, too. Um, I think kind of to add more perspective to this conversation, I was just wondering if, like which brand has a virtual agent um, that from a consumer's uh, standpoint um, really stands out to you? Yeah, I mean, um, I, I'm not able to kind of mention their name specifically, but they, they're a, uh, they're a retail, they're a manufacturer and a retailer. So it's, it's a fairly long-standing of our customer through the, the, the pandemic were, um, actually had a, a real spike in, in, in sales. So they specialize in household appliances. Um, and what they wanted to do was to, to focus more of their contact center agents on sales as opposed to post sales. Um, and typically what they did to help customers before the pandemic around post sales was to actually um, 
talk to customers to actually get the appliance because most of these appliances are uh, fairly mobile handheld appliances get those appliances and actually then talk through what the problem was that the customer was facing and those conversations this was all driven over voice so a lot of these conversations typically would be between 10 and 15 minutes um in length so quite you know long conversations that uh, the agent was having so the average handling time was was high but what that meant was that if a lot of agents were then involved in some of those post uh, sales uh, conversations with their customers they weren't able to respond to sales inquiries and orders and things like that so what they wanted to what they then decided to do was look at how a virtual agent could help them deliver the same experience but in a completely automated way so they looked at different they looked at the the product range they looked at um the analytics behind that you know different um calls with it they were getting on different products you know common problems looking at the knowledge that they had the knowledge bases they had around those products as well because as, as i've said before you know fundamentally we're lazy and even though the the information could be right there in front of us we typically don't like going to find it and trying to sort of sort it out for ourselves so you know if we're short on time you know other pressures will call up and we'll obviously want to speak to somebody who can help help, help us sort of guide our way through it so they took all of that good knowledge faqs pdfs etc and made that available within their virtual agent so typically a customer would go onto the website and look to see if they could get the number for for the organization to, to call up but actually when they when they were going to different product pages or contact pages getting a chatbot come up with um some very clear clearly defined options that the, the customer could literally just click on and go oh, okay that that's my problem or that's what i need to speak to somebody about <clears throat> excuse me and they made that very intuitive um they sort of structured it in such a way that they they knew what products were that customers called most often about and therefore started to look at ways and means of making that information more available more directly available to those customers and that actually deflected a lot of traffic away from people calling into the contact center and, and speaking to to an agent um and it was it went from six defined intents to about 14 and that wasn't because of scope creep or anything else they just realized the power of what they could do within this virtual agent solution and wanted to add other capabilities to it and it was so successful as a as a as a pilot as a proof of concept and proof of value within the uk that they looked at sort of doing something very similar in local language in other countries so that it, literally it was something that they could replicate without having to take on board additional agents or train people differently they literally could roll out a global solution even though the, the main sort of hub of, of skills and knowledge was in the uk they literally could localize this and offer it on you know in many other territories where they physically didn't have the same level of expertise as they had in the UK so it was incredibly powerful and it was really nice to see the customer using it using that capability using the technology structuring it properly really getting to understand 
or knowing what outcomes they wanted to deliver to their, their customers without losing any of the quality of service that they'd given their customers previously by speaking to an agent. And of course, what that allowed them to do was then prioritize their agents on you know, new sales, new sales orders, et cetera. So it's a really great way of being able to use that technology to kind of shift priorities and meet demands in other areas. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's lots of really fascinating insights in there all the way from Kind of getting to grips with customer behavior um, and how that influences how a chatbot could handle um, a query and not just kind of the easiest process flow all the way to kind of digging into your demand drivers to um, to um, lift up uh, to surface even um, and news. yeah and and actually interestingly they they used it to actually help drive additional sales as well so if the particular product um, you had uh, consumable items associated with it. They actually built in an opportunity to then say to, to the customer, actually, do you need anything? Do you need any more consumable items for your appliance? And actually they, they, they used it to start actually driving sales. So you know, rather than the, person, the customer having to go from you know, a chat bot to another part of the website, they all built it within there. So not only was there the ability to resolve issues and provide great customer service, but it was also a sales channel as well. So that worked really, really well for them. Um, and again, not sort of uh, taking, you know, taking the time up from, from the agents being able to do that, but simplifying the customer's journey and the customer's experience was quite powerful. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think that's um, particularly kind of fascinating how they were able to kind of expand the proposition um, over time. But in terms of where a brand should start when putting together such kind of a successful um, virtual agent initiative um, like that example, what kind of advice would you have to kick off a project like this? Yeah, I, I think it's sort of building on from what I said previously about just, you know, if there are certain activities, certain tasks that you want your agents to do less of, or you could think about ways of being able to prioritize your agents differently use those as, as use those as, as the basis on which you can build your virtual agent capability because typically agents might handle a lot of information based interactions with with customers and therefore if the information is available but you make it far more easy you know more easy for the customer to, to get and you can either as I explained before in the previous use case use a bot or even if a customer still calls in using digital deflection so deflect the, the customer to another channel perhaps it's a social media messaging channel or, or even SMS you know you can start to streamline then the number of interactions that your agents deal with on a day-to-day -day basis and use that to be able to help them prioritize and perhaps what the biggest the kind of bigger business priorities are because mm. um, as i mentioned before typically customers won't look at faqs knowledge bases online and and will want to speak to somebody at the end of the day certainly i guess um you know certain certain demographics within the population will do that um and all too often you hear ivrs you know fairly classic standard IVR say, if you want more information, go to our website at www, whatever it might be, and check out the information there, but it tends not to be specific. So, you know, you then start to put some real intelligence behind what the virtual agent can do. Um, you can take the customer, you can give the customer specific information 
again without having to speak to an agent so you can message them you can text them that specific information embed that information that they can just click on and get to it could be a smart form it could be a portal it could be whatever you want to put into that into that channel into that deflection and so you you encourage your customers to self-serve more and if you make that experience seamless and intuitive and relatively easy it, it it just grows it grows customers trust it they get the results they need from it and it becomes something where you know as an organization you can make real transformational changes towards how you might be able to digitize your customer journey even though it sounds very very basic these things do actually make a a, a big difference so i would say think about the less complex processes um and you know build that as a kind of foundational point within your sort of virtual agent journey if you will and what your customer experience will be because i think a great customer experience will lead to great employee experience because your employees now have a, a, a sort of a, a different focus but because perhaps more of the sort of transactional interactions have been taken away from them so what they actually get to, to to do is obviously the more sort of business driven stuff that the the organ you know the business wants them to do whether or not that's sales revenue whatever it might be customer retention for example it starts to change their experience of you know working within that organization and makes it can make it really more enjoyable and you know you see real tangible results from that yeah, I think also that kind of approach that you discussed is a particularly good way of also building a business case right at the start, kind of the process of kind of looking looking at the kind of contact drivers and kind of working through them and quantifying the impact that that might have, not only um, to, on the customer experience, but also to business results and maybe to agents yeah. as well. I thought there was lots of really and, fascinating. And if, if you, yeah, thank you. And if, if you then think about, um, you know, if you want to layer on complexity, then if you've already got the great foundation there already, it allows you to do that. And again, if customers are using it and trust it, then you know if you add things like automated payments, for example, within that, that virtual agent capability, or making bookings and appointments, or you know checking on delivery timescales, you know you're expanding that trust even more because if you get that piece right as well you've already got you know a really you know well-oiled virtual agent machine working there you know you start adding layering on that complexity that then starts to again help your total experience from both a customer and employee and a user perspective it really starts to kind of make it um really interesting and as i said you know helps a lot of organizations really start to embrace digital transformation um just by taking that kind of great foundation you can build and just kind of layering it on top i think going back to the first question we talked about you know why did it fail i think a lot of times organizations over engineered or overthought what the virtual agent was going to be doing and therefore i think when they looked at the scale and scope of that got it wrong you know going back to the poor implementation because it was over complicated over engineered um i think if you get the foundation right and you layer on top of that i think that's really where lots of organizations can get the value out of it yeah and i think um as well um in terms of build uh, adding those layers to a chatbot the easy kind of integrations that kind of a CCAS solution in, uh, can do and also kind of integrations with the payment system as you suggested or kind of a tracking a delivery tracking uh, order management system um, 
yeah, payment and CRM system. I think yeah, there's so much, so many more use cases that you can build along the way and really kind of build into something that's really um, really quite sophisticated. I think that's really interesting. But have you talked um, a little bit there about kind of some of the mistakes, um, mm. a mistake almost that is easy to fall into? I don't know if there are any kind of other mistakes or misconceptions that you often see brands or kind of fall into the trap of making when implementing. Well, agent yeah, yeah I, I guess you should never look at a virtual agent completely replacing your your contact center your agents they're, they're hugely valuable um, it should always be seen to complement what your contact center is set out to do what your processes are etc it, it's got to be complementary to to that and I think not only are we all fixated on customer experience but if you use it as an opportunity as I said before to really focus on the employee experience what you get is a is a is a total experience um, capability that um, I think can really differentiate an organisation. So overcomplicating it, overengineering it is 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 a is a pitfall, is a danger. I think you know, look at ways that you use a virtual agent capability to complement what you want to do, how you want to drive your agents, what the virtual agent can take away from your agents from a a transactional perspective. Um, don't you know you can't assume that the virtual agent is always going to be able to replace the more complex processes but you know if you still keep the human element for that as well as the more emotional side of things because we can infuse AI into that virtual agent um, and we can infuse things like sentiment analysis so that the virtual agent has the ability then to say okay i have an unhappy customer here this person needs to speak to an agent if you make that as i said before fluid and intuitive it may almost take the sting out of the customer being frustrated and, and perhaps you know unfortunately berating the agent you know if you make that intuitive and it, it's a gradual okay we want to change this we want to improve this um it can add so much more even though ultimately the customer is still going to speak to an agent, trying to take the this, this sort of sting out of it um, can easily be done, but you've got to do it right. Mm. Yeah, I think that you made um, a lot of really good points there um, there as well. And kind of in an earlier part of that answer as well, you kind of referenced um, kind of the, the building of it towards a total experience, which I think is a, a big uh, CX trend that's going along now. And I did see some interesting bio uh, research on that. So I might put that in the uh, description box below. But I think, um, yeah, as I said, I've, I've, um, I've learned a lot from this conversation. I was just wondering if you had any kind of final insights that maybe you haven't kind of given us yet um, for, a, for a company ready to embark on a virtual agent project. Yeah, I, I think um, don't always, I mean, I, th I think a lot of organizations kind of approach this thinking that they needed to build everything from the ground up. And I think, organizations should do is look at the options available and i have to obviously talk about avaya and the fact that avaya virtual agent as an off-the-shelf software as a service application can be just as effective as building your own virtual agent capability um, again think about the outcomes you want the, the the virtual agent to deliver to your customers and you know how it's going to drive the total experience for everybody um, i think you know off the shelf solutions like a buy virtual agent um has got a great set of capabilities um it's very intuitive it's it's menu driven so it's easy to set up you can set up a virtual agent within 
30 seconds to a minute. That's how intuitive it, 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 it is. You can build integration into that. You can integrate AI capabilities into that as well. So I'd say don't always think that it's something that you have to build yourselves. There are a lot of great solutions out there and, and we have one of those. Um, and as I say, it's not only something you can you can build um, that complements, you can build it and integrate it into what you have today, not only from a front end contact center perspective, but also into a back end business application perspective as well. But um, think about those outcomes. Think about what you really want to drive from a complete total experience perspective. Um, Again, don't always think that the, the VA, and this is a pitfall that happened before where the virtual agent is going to replace the agent. Absolutely not. It will complement what they do, how they do it. Um, it will take pressure away from your human agents. And we saw lots and lots of organizations struggling you know, because of the pandemic and the pressure put on their human resource to deal with you know, particularly sensitive um, situations as a result of that. But if it's if it's really well executed, a virtual agent can take an awful lot of pressure from that human resource. And ultimately, if the customer doesn't need to speak to an agent and they can self-service, uh, self-serve and help themselves and have an enjoyable automated experience, then I think, you know, it's it's a great solution that, you know, all organizations, regardless of, of the vertical, the industry they're working, could benefit from a, a, a really well-designed, executed virtual agent capability. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that idea of kind of thinking of how it can complement uh, the human agent, even if it's just at the front um, at the front of a system, just automating IDMV processes, maybe, or kind of just, or, you know, to, um, sharing information um, with an agent as well. And I think I know there's kind of a lot of agent assist out there as well. Uh, but yeah, I think this, uh, again, a lot of very fascinating insights. And I think that's a great place uh, to end today's uh, conversation. So thank you very much, uh, Nick, for joining me. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate it. Excellent. And thank you, everybody, for watching. Uh, bye for now and see you again soon.